Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. Mike, thanks so much for joining me on today's show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, really excited to chat with you. And uh, this is definitely one of those conversations where it's going to be somewhat selfish on my part as someone who has uh, slaved away in marketing for almost a decade now. I mean, since the minute I got out of high school, that's kind of the world I jumped into trying to find time, navigate the landscape and grow without wanting to uh, just keel over uh, is really difficult. So tell me, first of all, how you got involved in the marketing space in the first place and like what drew you to that field? Absolutely. I completely fluked into it. My story to marketing is not typical for sure. So I, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll spare you the, the whole childhood side, but I was not a good student in high school. I'm, I'm sure that's kind of a common thread amongst people that end really? up doing yeah. their own thing. And I just, there was something, there was a disconnect in my brain between the words I would read and having to put them somewhere else in a different format. It just, it just didn't click at all. So I finished high school barely. Uh, I happened to get into college, which was like my last choice, or maybe they just found me They're like, oh, this is where we take all the people that 
can't really go. I went for a year, did not did not go well. And so I left college and jumped into a sales role. Uh, I was selling flooring, helping like design and, and the company we had installed hardwood and tile flooring in people's homes. But I had always kind of been in these sales-oriented things, even as a, as a teenager, as a kid, I was always like pushing and, and selling and, and that that type of thing. And at one point in my early 20s, I just had this terrifying fear that if I didn't get an adult job now, that I was going to regret it. And this is not the path for me. And like, I need to go do something that's more, we'll use air quotes around the word grown up. So I took a job with an insurance company. I was there for six and a half years. So in Toronto, I uh, spent some time in Vancouver with them. And it was one of those things where I'd never been in a big company before. And I, I learned there's just a gamification about getting whatever you want and manipulating the system inside a company like that. And it was kind of a fun game to play. And it kept me there because I just had this fear like, okay, they didn't need me to have education. But if I leave, where am I going to go? Mm-hmm. Who's going to hire me? What, what am I actually going to be able to do? And it kept me there for a long time. Uh, one morning in 2012, it was in September. I was in, I was out front of, out front of the office in uh, in Toronto. I went to reach for the door handle of my car, and my body started trembling, and I started crying like uncontrollably. Just I was in hysterics, and it was just this accumulation of I'm not in the right place doing the right thing, but I don't know what to do, and I was just terrified. I, the way I think about it, like I was a desperate employee. And as much as I could get money and a home office and a company car, like I did all the things that you're supposed to do there, I was miserable. And I didn't know what it was, whether it was a panic attack or a nervous breakdown. It was something though. And I, it was really, really scary. Called, you know, called my family, called my wife at the time. Like, what do I do? Everyone said, get a job, find another job, just hold, you know, hold it down. You gotta, gotta do it. I'm like, everyone was right. Everyone gave me the right advice. But when I closed the car door, the moment the door closed, I knew I was quitting and I knew I was never going back. And I had no backup plan. I had no sense of what to do at all. But I just, it was just this huge weight off my shoulders of, okay, now I can go do the right thing for me, you know? Yeah. But I didn't know what that was. <laughs> and I started a software company two weeks later. I was sitting in the backyard with my friend. You know, we were talking about apps. This is end of 2012. So apps were kind of, you know, becoming very popular. They were, starting to take over people's phones. And we said, you know, everybody needs groceries. Let's make a grocery app. And so started pursuing that, kind of put everything I had in. And I think that that year of that business failing all the way um, was my business education because we learned so many things on like how not to, you know, run things, ways to hire, what, you know, how to actually sell, how to promise stuff, how to price things. I mean, we just made so many mistakes. And it was a great experience. The app launched, it monetized for a very short period of time. But while that company was happening, we we're like, we need money. So what's like, we, we got to do something. So started selling for a Google advertising firm, door to door selling contracts. Then we started getting some bigger deals, bigger deals. So I knew that landscape pretty well from selling in it. And then I looked at the actual executional side and I said, I think I can do this. And so I spent a weekend just watching YouTube videos and absorbing everything there was to know about Google ads. And then when the software company kind of came to its tail end and we knew it wasn't going to go anywhere, I pitched everybody that had bought into ad space. And I said, Hey, I know you've given us some experimental budget. I would like to take that budget and do this thing with it. If you trusted us on the app, trust me on this. Let me see how it goes. And uh, two of those customers are customers to this day, hmm. uh, nine years later. So I just... So probably I really went well. Just, <laughs> It went well. Yeah, it was pretty good. And so it was a, it was a weird path. And I just, I kind of just 
stumbled into it, found it. But my the way my brain wraps around marketing, everything, it's a weird thing to say, but everything seems so obvious to me from a marketing lens. And I'm like, I think this is where I'm meant to be just to have that feeling like I've never had before. And so, yeah. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I relate a lot to a lot of what you just said. I've had a lot of similar experiences, you know, like, I mean, working the nine to five and having the the nervous breakdown and then quitting, you know, and, you know, with marketing feeling super obvious, like there's options that are, you know, that make sense. I, I'm curious though. So like, you know, one of the most crushing things about being in a corporate environment. And some people thrive in this, but I think for people who resonate, which I think is probably pretty split, there's people like us who push against that. And there's people who love it and they love to be in that structured, organized version. But one of the hardest things is the lack of control. You know, you've, you don't have a lot of control over your time. You know, being productive isn't necessarily rewarded. You're still there for the same amount of time. You don't get to take more time off, that sort of thing. But Going into working for yourself, building an app, doing marketing, you know, especially on the marketing side, you get to a point where you can also lose the control because your business starts devouring you. You know, you start getting stuck trying to, you have to sell, you got to make your numbers, you got to make something work, something's broken. How do you maintain that kind of sanity while you're trying to push your own thing and not become a slave to your business, your business running you? Yeah, that's a great question. I let it run me for a, a decent period of time. And the only reason that it happened is because of my ego and because I was stubborn. Mm. I thought that I had to be the best at everything. And I looked for people to bring in to assist me. We'll, we'll use air quotes around that word as well. Knowing full well that I wanted to be the dominant one who knew more than that. Right. And it was a, it was a like, you know, this is my thing. And so I'm going to be the one that leads it. I'm going to make all the decisions. And it was a, a huge mistake that I made for about a year too long. I think there was, if I reflect back, there was about a year where I'm like, this doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. I don't enjoy doing this. I'm not liking how this is feeling with me and the people that I'm interacting with. And, and just, but you get into like, you, you, you dig yourself that, that role, right? You just, well, now everybody calls you. Now you have to be the forefront because that's what your standard operating procedure says. You've got to mm. call Mike to do this. And so unwinding and then having to backtrack and admit, be like, okay, hey, I screwed up. It shouldn't have been done this way. You guys should have had more autonomy. I should have given you, you know, what you needed to succeed rather than what needed, what I needed to make me feel good. And I, I did. I made the mistake for a long time for the first couple of years. And the moment that I shifted out of that and I realized that I could just bring on quality people that could be better than me and I could let them do their thing. That was the biggest unlock for me, hands down. Yeah. Ego is a big thing. You see it with companies all the time. People hire someone that's not as qualified as them so they can stay in charge. And where do you find the confidence or security to hire somebody you know, who is better than you or who might outperform you or might even do so well that they go find another opportunity you know, a year or two later because they are hyper-qualified? Yeah. Uh, that used to scare me. Uh, a lot. I think the the couple things for me was just realizing that nothing is forever, and we're only here for a certain amount of time. And so why why spend this time with this this drive with anger? 
I would rather have the drive. Like, so now I'm driven in such a different direction by such a different thing. But this it used to be like, I have to prove that I'm better than that insurance job that I had. Right. I have to prove to my family and the people who said, you're never going to be able to create anything. I was just trying to prove something. And th- they hadn't been thinking. They, they maybe made a comment once. And I was letting that in the driver's seat and letting people, letting one thing that someone passively said to me motivate everything I did, which is insane. Mm, So I think gaining the self-awareness, you know, having outside people, being open to their opinions, people that who've done it more better than you, or who've been doing it longer, who've achieved something that you want to achieve, letting them in and letting them give you that feedback where you Mm. can't deny their experience, but like, you know, and then becoming really self-aware around what do I suck at and what should I not be in the way of? And for me, it was a ton of things. So, right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really huge. And obviously the show's called the build your network podcast. So networking is something that we talk about a ton. And one thing that can be really difficult, especially when you're starting something is networking with people who are in those positions where they have done something, you know, because you're not bringing a lot in the value proposition to someone who has exited a company or someone who has, you know, crushed it in one area of business. So what are some of the ways that you networked up and try to connect with people who could give you some of those answers or give you that fast pass to the next, you know, next stage. Absolutely. Great question. So uh, it was a lot of my time and energy in spaces where they did not have the skill set. So the amount of, you know, the amount of times that I became, so there was, you know, a couple, like one quick example, there's an executive search firm and they're all hiring C-suite people. These are all people that have like built and sold companies, just great people to know and have on your side, knowing that sometimes they were filling roles that were outside of their knowledge or skill set. So just putting yourself out there and saying, hey, if you guys are ever hiring for like marketing and sales and, and those things where you're not the strongest and you ever want to pick my brain, like hit me up, let me know. Those conversations where you're giving your time to them um, is the value because for them, they would have to go learn this elsewhere. So just becoming a resource in the thing that you are specialized in for those people was probably the most important. And, you know, building that network and and just giving away time, energy, advice to to them, especially in areas where they, they would like a better knowledge base in, that landed me, like we do the digital marketing for Volvo trucks, mm. purely because there was a guy that I met in Texas one time he knew I did marketing. He said, Hey, can I pick your brain about something? Jumped on a call with him and I said, Hey, anytime you need, just like hit me up, let me know. And a lot of people say, Well, you're giving away your time. You shouldn't do that. But if you're not making any money, your time is worth nothing anyway. So, <laughs> you it's, know, it's, leverage right. it. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all, it's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented 
with quality candidates, like, like, like hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent Fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at Indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to Indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre perspective because these same people will grind out 150 cold calls, you know, to people that say, I'm not interested in hang up. And I'm like, if you take 20 minutes and give some kind of real value, that's way more well spent, you know, like the, the amount of people that would convert from that is, is super high for someone who's listening to this, who is maybe going, you know, maybe they clench up when they hear a big name, like Volvo trucks, you know, and they're like, Oh man, like that's a huge company. Like I can't even picture or identify what value I could bring. Do you have any recommendation for how to like audit yourself and recognize what your skill set are? Because I I find a lot of people, even in their like mid twenties, are still going. I don't know. I I, don't, I can do a couple things. I don't know what my skill set is though. I think the only way to understand that is to do everything. <laughs> and so whatever you know, whatever space you're working in, whether you know whether this is like interning. So I I worked a ton of random jobs when I was growing up because like I just want to know what I don't want to know, or I want to know what I don't want to do. Yeah, right. Turns out it was all of those almost things. everything. Yeah. But so here's the exercise that I do. Okay, so you have to do everything because you're a solo person, right? Mm-hmm. You're just starting. You don't have project managers. You don't have all these things that you need. You are the operations and the invoicing and this and this and this. So do them. But detail them out so that you can see um, every month, what did I do? And then what I do is I would, so I would rank them, but I would bucket them first. Here's the 50 things that I did this month in my business. So these four things were like accounting focused. These five things were like administrative business focused. These were sales focused, marketing focused. So bucket them into categories. So what, you know, what, what tasks and then put them into buckets and then rank the buckets. What did I like doing? What did I find easy? What was like a simple thing for me to do? And then those buckets are the things where you should spend the most of your time and the thing that's at the bottom. So for me, it's like anything to do with invoicing, anything administrative. Like I haven't managed my inbox or my calendar in seven years because I'll read an email and then I will hear a noise off in the distance. And I'm like, Oh, what's that? And then I have no idea that I read that email. So if I'm in charge of like following up on things, sending people calendar invites, booking me, like it's not going to go well. And I got rid of that task because I just, my brain doesn't work in an administrative way. I'm a sporadic person who likes creatively solving problems. That's all I like to do. So my, my buckets are like admin, follow-up, accounting, all those things were in the bottom for me. Um, and so those are the things I delegated first. Right. Well, we talked about networking and we've talked about finding your own skill set, but we ask everybody this question. I'm curious to know your your answer to it. Do you believe who you know or what you know is more important and why? 
who you know is a million times more important because what you know, you can learn. Hmm. For me, I literally learned how to do what my business started doing by watching YouTube videos. Everything that you want to learn, you can buy education around for less than $50. Yeah. I have people that enter my organization who said, Hey, you know, I've got a bit of a grasp on how to do graphic design or do this or do that. Like I send them to a $12 Udemy course. I'm like, Hey, go watch this. Yeah. And then I'll start sending you projects. Like that's it. It's out there. And, and there's so many skill sets that are so easy to affordable to acquire. And so what you know can change. I think it's being aware of like, we can all know a bunch. Like I could, I can do some graphic design. I can do a bit of web stuff, but like when I do it, I I freeze up. It gives me anxiety. It makes, it takes energy away from me. And so those are, you know, those are the things that you shouldn't build skill set on. Like find something that comes easy to you in that skill set, but you can learn, you can learn 10 different things if you spend a month that you could theoretically get paid for by using an online course or YouTube. Like it's crazy. Right. Right. What's been some of the best ways that you've networked, like some of the best strategies you've had for, for building your network, both, both with customers, with when you're marketing, I mean, this is a, a broad topic, but you know, when yeah. you're going out and doing it, what's been the best approach for you and that you've seen results from? So giving your knowledge as a value point to people that need it is, is, you know, that's the number one, I'll, there's a tool and I'll talk about that in a sec, but what I did in when I was building up my agency is like, I don't want to go one-on-one to find clients. So I went after branding companies. I went after web companies. I went after PR firms, everybody that doesn't do digital marketing, but their customers probably need it. And I'm like, Hey, do you guys want to understand how digital marketing works? Like I'll bring in lunch. I'll come, I'll educate your team. And then, you know, inevitably some of those are like, well, hold on. If we want wanted to start offering this, you know, could you, and I, I've acted on behalf of, I've, I've private labeled most of my clients forever mm. because I'm the, I'm the eyes and ears and the marketing guy for so many agencies that do different things, but could use this as a revenue stream. And that's how I did most of my revenue is just becoming the partner instead of going one-on-one after clients. So, you know, that giving away value and spending your time strategically, right? Yeah, Obviously right. strategically, but that that's probably the biggest impact thing but that as a non-administrative person who forgets if it's not in my calendar i don't know that it exists and so for me um i have a tool that i use on airtable so it's just on the free version of airtable um and it tracks uh it's the name of the person i keep notes like birthdays uh kids names their social media links and then it has a basically like how often do you want to talk with them weekly, quarterly? Mm. Da, da, da. I select it. I select the last day that I talk to them. And then when that timer comes down and hits zero, my inbox gets a ping saying, "Hey, reach out to this person." And I can read through my notes. Hey, what did I follow up with them about last time? Right. Do they have a you know? Do they have a birthday coming up? Can should I send them a gift? Should I just send them a hello? Should I send them a video? I'm big on video, but using a tool like that because I've got hundreds of people that I'm trying to keep in touch with. And most of them are like once a quarter or once every six months, but like, I'm not going to remember to do that. And I don't want my calendar filled with all that crap. Like that's way too much. So I use a CRM that I designed um, in Airtable again, free version. If anybody wants a copy of it, I'd be happy to send you a link yeah. to, so you can use it yourself. It's, it's great. It's really fun. Yeah. It, b- before we go into our rapid round here, I, I'm curious, you mentioned video, like using that a lot to connect with people. Um, I know we've definitely seen that when we're reaching out to put guests on our show, like we'll, we'll see that those responses are a lot stronger. How are you leveraging video in your day-to-day networking? It started for me because I'm really bad at writing and sentence structure and grammar and everything to do with, I just terrible. And yeah. I, 
it was one of those things where I just knew it was a weakness. So I'm like, how do I eliminate this as much as possible? So my team hates it, but like they get loom videos when I'm giving them feedback, I'm, I'm recording and I'm talking because that's where I communicate best. So I've used it to network and grow all of my businesses in the exact same way. So if I'm reaching out to a prospect or an agency to put me on as a white label, I'm actually sending them a custom video. And it's, you know, it's, hey, you know, thanks for connecting. Um, I see that you do this. This is something that I had in mind that I thought might be interesting. You know, if you're open to chatting, would love to chat. I send videos all the time because when you get a message and it comes via text, especially if you're, you know, if you're on LinkedIn and you're listed as a founder or an owner, the amount of email and just LinkedIn spam and Instagram spam that just hits your inbox, which is the same generic BS over and over and over. I mean, it's exhausting. You know, when you get something where it's like, rectangle and the person's face is in it and there's a play button, you can't not push play. It's undeniable. You're going to push play. If I receive that in my inbox, like there's no way you're not going to start that video. So it's just like, it, it always gets opened. People are amazed that you took the time. And I've had people who've referred me to other customers. They're like, hey, I'm not interested. It's not a good fit, but I actually know somebody. I'm like, did I just get a referral from someone I've never done work for before? Like people are just shocked. And I think in this world, especially where everybody's now from home and they're remote, this digital communication thing is getting more intense. The use of Slack and Discord, I hate I hate them all. I hate receiving messages that way. And I think there's such an overload for people right now in that style of communication that if you can set yourself apart, if you take that 30 seconds to record that thing, people's minds will be blown. The amount, I have screenshot after screenshot on my phone of like, I can't believe you took the time to send this video. This is so cool. Or I didn't even know you could send video on LinkedIn. Like I get messages like that all the time. Yeah. And it's just such a, it's such a way to stick out. And if you're going to try and build real relationships with people that you want to either, you know, you want them in your network for whatever the reason is, you know, uh, making that impression, making them, making you memorable, I think is really important. And so I use video often in my outreach, even just through Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, doesn't matter. I send a lot of video. Yeah, that's super, super valuable. Well, look, we're getting to the end of our time here. I'm going to go ahead and move us into our random round. First of all, I'm curious, what profession other than your own do you think it'd be fun to attempt? I know you've tried a lot, but uh, if you had to pick one, mm-hmm. uh, what would you pick? Uh, I wouldn't go back to being a bingo caller because I did that. Good I call. didn't love it. <laughs> I would. I think I would love to go into like artist management and hip hop. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, if you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? Ooh, well, after the release of his recent book, I would sit and talk with Alex Famosi. Hmm. Who just who wrote the hundred million dollar offer? That thing is, man. If you want to read a book about presenting your product, um, unbelievable. So I, right now, I would say him. Yeah, we're going through that right now as a team. We're all reading through it. It's it's phenomenal. Like I keep stop. I'm listening to the audiobook version, and I keep having to pause it and then like rewind it, write notes, rewind, play at point five to write it, write it a little bit slower. But it's it's been really really uh, good. I took his advice and got the Kindle version and the audio version, and I'm highlighting it right in the book as they go. Yeah, that's a yeah, great a lot, and it. Yeah, that's a great way. I've done that. I haven't done it with this one, the one where he recommends doing it, but I've done that with a lot of books where I'll do the audiobook while reading the paperback or physical copy of it. And it's it's a game changer. Like the retention is crazy when you do that. Um, it's a great, great hack. How do you like to learn best? Is it books? Is it blogs? Is it typically Kindle? Is it audiobook? What's the what's the best way to learn? 
I'm the audiobook plus Kindle version where I'm, I'm, I have them simultaneously. My ability to read and retain information is very poor. So I do that extra stimulation really helps me. I don't mind courses, but most courses are terrible. So I find myself like ducking out of them very early because most of them are just not put together well. A lot of marketing Um, funnels the whole time with no value. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh, But for me, it's doing, I I just like get a base concept and I'll like, I'll run from step one to four and then I'll check back and be like, Hey, what did I screw up? Okay. I can see my mistake. Mm -hmm. I just like to like, for me, I'm such a doer. I like just to dive in and, and uh, discover the problems, challenges and figure out how to solve them along the journey. Give me a glimpse of your morning routine. How do you, how do you start the day off? I have the best morning routine of all time. <laughs> so it's it's literally three hours long. So, and I'll, I'll make it very quick. I wake up, I live in Mexico in this little beach town called Sayulita. So I make coffee and I sit on the blanket on my balcony, my cat Taco and I just like lay on the ground. I listen to a podcast, drink coffee, uh, I go to the gym and then I come home. Uh, I like taking really long showers because I find there's something like my brain works better sitting in the shower, just like with hot water pouring on my head. So for whatever reason... Uh, then I go to a coffee shop, I write personal therapy stuff, business coaching stuff, and then I do math puzzles for about half an hour. There's a game called Ken Ken. It's like Sudoku, but on crack, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Uh, and that, yeah, that's usually about the first three hours of the day for me. I related to so much of what you said on this episode until you said you enjoyed doing math games. And I was like, I'm hundred <laughs> percent out there. You lost me. What's your go-to pump up song? Money, you want to manage these uh, hip hop artists? We got to have a good go to choice, I'm sure. I would say there's a song called uh, by an artist called Saba, who mm. I actually did some work with a couple of years ago. Super talented guy. He's a little bit more well known now, but that's a great song. It's cool. all about his life in Chicago. Great artist. Check him out. Awesome. What's something that you're not very good at? Oh boy, that list is really long. Okay. Emails, responding to, opening, anything to do with that following up and checking in unless it's Mm. like really designed and like my day is perfectly set Um, organizing my day from a calendar perspective i literally have somebody that optimizes my day for me via calendar graphic coding i'm just thinking in the context of my business Mm -hmm. those are the main things i would say which is about 70 percent of what everything you're not doing basically (laughs) everything you're not doing what is the best place for people to connect with you? It sounds like LinkedIn might be one, but is there a place you prefer for people to reach out, connect, and you know? Yeah, I'm I'm more fun. I'm more fun on Instagram um, at at the Mike Mall. You know, I've been I've been blessed with the ability to travel full time, mm-hmm. so I literally have one suitcase and a cat, and I'm usually in like Europe or Mexico. I'm kind of poking around everywhere, so I'm more fun on Instagram for sure. And if you want to connect with me, if you want to get um. If you want to get access to that CRM, just send me a DM on Instagram and I'll shoot you a link. Awesome. There's no like email. Re- there's no email required to get it. I'll just send it to you. Cool, cool. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for joining me on today's show and bringing so much value. And uh, if we uh, if we have you back on the show, we'll see what country you're uh, hanging out in at that point. But uh, thank you so much for for joining us and for for giving so much value. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Appreciate you having me. Awesome. Thanks. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.